0: Hi, you're listening to the podcast of Victory Santa Rosa. We pray that this message encourages you on your journey of faith in Jesus. We're starting a new series, um, Unwrapping the Present. Let me just start with this. Three Christmas killers. I know it's not literal, like Christmas cannot be killed, alright? Or no one can steal Christmas. But let me just put it this way. That's why for pastors who just feel like led, led to share this. Three Christmas killers. I know you're preparing. I know you're excited. I know you're looking forward. I know you're thrilled in celebrating Christmas with the parties. So you just may ito mga o limang Christmas parties na? Show of hands, if, if you don't mind, sino rito nagpas tatlo na Christmas parties na na-attendan nila? Anyone? Tatlo na? Wala pa? Dalawa? Two Christmas parties. Mayroon na dalawa iba ay yung boom party ano lang church bahay trabaho lang talaga pero <laughs> um, kanina sa 11 dami na mga like, lima na inako sa lima na Christmas party natin ay, I mean hindi da pa dami yan. but again three christmas killers number 1 is rushing rushing the rush christmas rush traffic parties reunions commitments there and he- here and there pressure to do more right Karang, ka ng, ng, ng rush. You wanna accomplish so many things in one day. You wanna do so many things in one day? You wanna do a lot of things in one week. Pressure to prove and to perform. And and just imagine this: unhealthy rush will lead you to depletion. You'll find yourself depleted emotionally, spiritually, and physically, and sadly. But we will be able to give our family members, our loved ones, our families, our friends. Apparently, what we will give to Jesus are just leftovers, not food, but ourselves. Again, I'm saying, yes, rush is normal. Normal yung rush na yung holiday. But if that's unhealthy, it means you're spreading yourself too thinly, then you'll end up depleted exhausted and tired, emotionally, physically, spiritually. And then what we'll be able to give ourselves, our families, our loved ones, most importantly, Jesus, are just leftovers. One question you can ask, and you don't have to answer right now, maybe at the dining table, later, tomorrow, you can ask this question and try to reflect. What am I doing that God may not want me to do? Is it self-imposed or God-ordained? Is it something that you just, just impose to yourself? Or this is something that God asked you to do. In one of, his, um, one of his books, Richard Foster, Celebration of Discipline. Let me quote him. Our adversary, the devil, majors in three things. Noise, hurry, and crowds. If we're going to look around you right now, especially in the season of Christmas, so much intensity with those three, right? We love it somehow. I love I love crowds. Sometimes I'm an introvert, extrovert. I think, me times sa me times sa My wife knows that. Um, the hurry, right? Then the crowds and so much intensity this season. Just in case you'll find yourself being rushed from one place to another, being rushed from one commitment to another, and you you're starting to feel that exhaustion. What you can do right now is take a deep breath. You're okay. Slow down. Remember Jesus. Remember Jesus. Second thing that would kill Christmas somehow. Pressures. Of course, Kumi. me. Rush, may pressure. All of you, I think, no, just looking at, at each uh, face here inside this room, I can see and I can sense that you're all hardworking. You want to end the year with a bang. You want to end the year with, you know, I want to end strong. And again, same question. Is that God ordained? or self-imposed? Who told you? Is it necessary? Really? To end the year? Why don't we do that next year? <laughs> Why this year? And again, I'm not, I'm not saying it's bad to set a goal. I'm not saying to meet your cotas, to, to do more, to be more excellent. I'm not saying it's wrong. What I'm saying is, again, the same question. What am I doing that God may not want me to do? Is it God ordained or self-imposed? Again, who told you? Is it necessary? Same truth. Sorry, yeah, but let me just say this. Things aren't going to be perfect this Christmas. There's no such thing as a perfect Christmas. It's a perfect holiday. Don't, don't get me wrong. We'll enjoy it. Don't get me wrong. We'll, we'll, we'll feel God's grace. We'll receive God's grace. We'll feel God's presence. But there's no precious on having a perfect Christmas. A perfect Christmas party. Mag, you set up a party, and all of a sudden, the, 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 food, weren't, the food was not great. All of a sudden, di ba? Hindi mo kailangan perfect yung plating mo ng, 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 ng table. Di ba? Nakailangan ng picture. I'm not saying it's bad. If you're doing that, go ahead. But again, no pressure. You're okay. Importante, magkakasama. Importante, buo ang pamilya. Ang importante, nagkakaintindihan. Ang importante, nagmamahalan. No pressure. It's not about what your social media feeds would would, would tell or what we can post. Pressure. Um, in his book, The Jesus Way, Eugene Peterson, let me quote him, perfectionism is a perversion of the Christian way. To impose it on oneself or another is decidedly not the way of Jesus. Wow. Ouch. did I mean, my my tendency on oh, to, to ganyan. <laughs> my wife would agree. I want, I want things to be perfect. I want things to be in order. But that is not the Jesus way. In other words, or let me rephrase it, or let me put it this way: perfectionism can be easily can easily be disguised as a dedication to excellence. However, it suffocates contentment and joy while evaporating thankfulness. Our fallenness is a gift that keeps us grounded. Being broken is beautiful. God will make the broken beautiful. Don't despise your fallenness. Don't, I mean, don't I'm not saying stay in that state. But I'm saying is don't despise, it. don't despise it. Don't despise brokenness because our brokenness keep keeps us centered. Centered where we can receive God's grace. Centered where we can receive God's mercy. Centered, grounded, where we can easily and, and freely receive the love of Jesus. That is the message of Christmas this season. Rushing, pressures. Third one is forgetting. Of course, forgetting the reason for this season. Forgetting or neglecting the person behind the celebration. Neglecting the greatest reminder of the season that this time is a great reminder for us when Jesus was born 2,000 years ago or more than 2,000 years ago is a great reminder for us today that uh, like asking this question, how am I deeply connected to Jesus? Forgetting. If we can give Jesus a gift, the greatest gift that we can give him is actually ourselves. This is not a song, but may we never forget that our greatest gift is who we are rather than what we do. I'm not saying forget what you want to do. I'm not saying forget your plans this Christmas. Go ahead and do that. I pray for every reunion that you will attend. I pray for every dinner, Christmas dinner, Christmas lunch. Get together. I pray that you will be filled Of course, by God's blessings and grace, that you will be able to preach the gospel, preach the good news. Again, the greatest gift that we can give to God is ourselves, not about what we can do. And again, I'm just, I, I just feel like led to share that as we approach the holiday season. And as we start our series, Unwrapping the Present, we'll answer this question Who is Jesus. If these about his birth, then it's fitting and right to answer this question Who is Jesus? Who is this child born in Bethlehem? If you have your Bible, open it. John chapter 1, verses 1 to 3, and then we'll jump to verse 14. And let me invite everyone to stand in, reverend, in reverence to reading of God's Word. Kung wala po Bible, you can read here on the screen or go ahead and open your your phones there's app applications where we can read the word of god verse 1 chapter 1 book of john in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god it was he was in the beginning with god all things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. Verse 14, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Let me pray. Lord, I thank You for this afternoon. Lord, thank You for every person represented here. Lord, I thank You for this season. Father, we just come to You, Lord, with humility, with openness and brokenness. Lord, we thank you because your mercies are new every morning. Thank you, Lord, that you are faithful. Lord, as we hear your word, I pray, that God, that it will be, Lord, your words as I preach, it will be your words and not mine. Even, Lord, for the words that they will receive this afternoon. Lord, I pray that it will grow. Like a seed it will grow and no one and nothing can take it away from them. Nothing can snatch it away. And thank you, Lord, you're the one who will again make it grow and their lives will never be the same again. Our lives Will never be the same again. Holy Spirit, lead us. Go ahead of us. Have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can all be seated. Marang maraming salamat po. So here's John. The prologue. If you're familiar with the gospel, we have Matthew, we have Mark, we have Luke, and this is the fourth one, John. And in particular, especially Matthew and Luke they have a different prologue to the birth of Jesus. Okay, Matthew, there were history of, of um, Jesus' lineage for, for Luke, so many accounts, so many angles, different perspectives. But here, John is doing a different one. There were no mentions of Mary. There were no mentions of the angels or the shepherds. He went straight to the point. And one word for that would be revelation. John is giving us a revelation about who Jesus is is answering the question who is jesus it's like a mic drop right so many opinions minagsabi dito ito yung totoo tungkol kay jesus sabi nila gawa-gawa lang sabi nila hindi sa dios maraming mga opinion maraming mga statements and yet john is doing the mic drop and saying this is who jesus is and this huge revelation this significant revelation if you will not just have the potential but Understanding this, receiving this, will forever change our lives. And again, this is what John is answering as we're diving in to this prologue of Christmas. It clearly answered the question who Jesus is. Somehow, John eliminated all the possible destructions. I'm not saying those are wrong, those are bad. Kanina yung kay Fiona, she mentioned about Mary. I'm not saying it's bad, it's crucial, it's integral. No mentions of the shepherds, the angels, no, no mention of Elizabeth, no mention of anyone. John removes all the possible destru- destruction, so we can get to the point of discussion and receive that revelation of who Jesus is. And that's what we're going to answer this afternoon. First revelation in, in, on who Jesus is. Jesus is God. He is God. Going back, verse 1 to 3. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. The word, Word, here is the word logos. And again, we don't have time to discuss the, the whole background, the whole a meaning of the word Logos. But let me address two audiences, at least for in that time. If you're coming from a Jewish background, when you say Logos or the word, what comes to mind, the first thing that comes to their mind is actually the spoken word of the Lord. In the Old Testament, if we're going to check the Bible, Um, kita and, see and the word of the Lord has spoken. Even if you go back to the very beginning, in Genesis, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, the same word that created, Not that created something out of nothing. The same word, the same voice, the same spoken word that put light, that created the, the vastness of, of the sea and the sky, all the creation, the, the animals and everything that we can see here today. The same word, the same power that has spoken that word is the word logos. If someone, his audience, the original Audience of the book of John and, and reading that, that's what comes to mind. And of course, yung mga Greek na audience niya, if, if, if someone like that has a Greek background, what comes to mind is that divine power. Again, the divine power that created creation. The divine force, if you will, that has power to make the impossible possible. The word logos, or the word word and again um it's 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 like vast to explain that but what we have here right now we don't have to choose over the other but this prologue is that john the author wants us to grasp to understand the truth that Jesus is the Word, and Jesus was with God in the beginning, and He, with all with the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, created all creation. But to somewhat unpack that, to unwrap that, then we have to go to verse 14. And the Word became flesh. The word, the logos, the spoken word of the Lord, that divine power. Verse 14, and it became flesh. Jesus became the visible expression of the invisible God. Incarnation, carne, it means flesh. He's 100% man, he's 100% God. When a son becomes... When the son became a man, he did not cease to be God. He added humanity, but did not subtract deity. He was both God and man, the God-man. It means that Jesus was 100% God, 100% man, all at the same time. This is not something that he turns off or he turns on on a different situation, on a given circumstance, but he is 100% God, 100% man. And I'm saying this because I would like invite you to reflect, even to ponder on this truth. The Almighty God in the Old Testament, we can always read that, we can always see that, we can always encounter that in different books in the Old Testament. God's mighty hand. God's mighty hand who parted the Red Sea. God's mighty hand who provided manna and quail to their Israelites when they were wandering for 40 years in the desert. God's mighty hand who defeated all the enemies of the people of God. God's mighty hand who raises kings and rulers. God's mighty hand that brought down all the kings, rulers of all nations. God's mighty hand. And now in light of who Jesus is, God's mighty hand, That move in human arms. They were reading that. They know that. They're familiar with that when you say God's mighty hand now in Jesus. Incarnate in flesh God's mighty hand, the same hand who parted the Red Sea, the same hand who made or who made the impossible possible now moving in human arms. The wisdom of God, again, glaring in the Old Testament. When Moses will inquire about his wisdom, when when even um, David will inquire about the wisdom and direction of God about what to do with, with his king, even Solomon, the wisdom of God. Now, the wisdom of God spoke in human lips in Jesus Christ. Even in the Bible, the mercies of God are new every morning. Great is His faithfulness. Now, the mercy of God reached out to human arms. He took down so He could reach to us. Not because He would not be able to do that from afar, but that's the truth of Jesus becoming flesh. Just ponder on that for a moment. Reflect. And hopefully our response, Lord, would be, gratefulness, and worship. As we celebrate, as we unwrap the present, and we, as we unwrap the Christmas season, Lord, it is you becoming man. 100% God, 100% man. And Lord, thank you. You're not someone who's disconnected, who's distant. If that means, if Jesus became human, it also means for us one implication that He is real. Jesus is real. John 1.14 is not a miss. John 1.14 or Jesus becoming flesh or God becoming flesh in Jesus is not a figment of their imagination. It's not just like idea of who God is. It's the truth. He is real. He came. He died. He came, he lived the life we should have lived. He died the death that we should have died. And then on the third day he resurrected, proving that he is the Son of God, and for those who believe and put his or her trust in him will receive that gift of eternal life. And again, that is all byproduct of grace through faith. And he is real. It's not just like a figment of our imagination about God. He came. And he's real. Jesus became human. He is real. So it means in Jesus Christ, the invisible becomes visible, the unknowable becomes knowable, the transcendent becomes intimate, the unreachable becomes approachable. And there's a lot of implications when we think about Jesus becoming flesh. But one I would like to highlight for us this afternoon. That he identifies with our pain. Jesus identifies with our pain. Again, he's not a distant God, he is not someone who is disconnected. Jesus becoming human, a human, it, or becoming man, it means that he is not disconnected, that he can identify with our pain, with our struggles, with our testings, with our trials. And I don't know how's the year for you. I don't know how it's been the two years. This post-pandemic, for some, I had that opportunity and I thank you for the trust. I thank God for the privilege just hearing your stories, knowing your stories. But I don't know how bad the year was for you. I don't know the ramification of the pandemic when it comes to your finances. Maybe some of you here, you're still feeling and experiencing and still struggling, battling that horrendous effect of the pandemic when it comes to our finances, when it comes to our relationships, when it comes to our business, when it comes to our mental health, when it comes to our physical health, when it comes to our emotions. And again, the pain, the struggle, those are real. Jesus, would that invalidate that? Jesus is not like neglecting that. That's why I'm emphasizing right now that He is real and He became human. He identifies because He knows and He hears. Even those nights that you were or you, you were alone and you were crying and no one can see, no one can hear, guess what? God knows and He hears. Even the psalmist would put that in, in one of the psalms that God would record your tears inside a bottle. That's exactly the picture and who God is. That He is not disconnected. That He is not a distant God has no affairs with His creation. But definitely, God is concerned. Definitely, God cares. Definitely, God knows, and He hears. He is not disconnected. He is with us, and He is for you in Christ, Jesus in flesh, God in. Flesh. It means he knows and he can identify the pain of loneliness. He felt it. He was lonely. The pain of grieving. He wept. It's reminded of Jesus crying. Two verses, the shortest verse in the uh, two words, the shortest verse in the Bible. He wept when Lazarus died one of his closest friends he was ministering from afar and now he knew the, the the bad news that apparently his friend Lazarus is sick and then he traveled and when he arrived Lazarus was dead and and Martha and Mary Martha and Mary were there and, and the, the first word that they said to Jesus was sabinela kung andito ka lang, buhay sana wow that kind of tenacity to say to Jesus, but it just, show, it just shows that we can be real with our emotions when it comes to Jesus. No welcome party, no, welcome, no red carpet for Jesus, no warm hug. They said to Jesus, if you were here, my brother would be alive right now. And knowing Jesus, right? The Logos. The Almighty God in flesh. He could have said to Mary, And Martha, stop mourning, stop grieving. You know what, Mary and Martha, you're just being too emotional. I'm here. I did not see that. What did he do? What did he do? He wept. He felt the pain. He grieves with them. He could have easily said, okay, stop mourning, stop crying. I'm going to do a miracle right now. You need to watch this miracle because this will be one of the greatest miracles of all, raising the dead. He did not say that. He did not do that. But he wept. He did not invalidate the emotions, the grieving of Mary and Martha, Jesus in flesh, God becoming man. He identifies with the pain of his creation. When Jesus became man, he knew us, connected with us, shared our anguish, and suffered alongside us. The scars, the wounds of physical abuse, spiritual abuse, mental abuse, emotional abuse. He knows it. He identifies with it. He felt it. Jesus became human. He is real. He identifies with our pain. Jesus is God. And second one, Jesus is the eternal one. It's not a coincidence that John started with in the beginning. And that can be found also in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning. John 1, 1, in the beginning. And to make a strong point, John, the author, has to take us beyond creation. Even before the creation. He's saying that Jesus, the Logos, the Word, was present before the creation. He was not the created one. He created something out of nothing. And again, to make a strong point, He has to go back to the Creation. Again, just pause for a while that there is an eternal God behind everything. Even as we celebrate Christmas, we trying to find meaning in life. Maybe, and just maybe, because of all the pain, the struggles, all the hardships that we all experienced for the past two years, one effect of that is that we became numb. maramdaman. Hindi mo na yung purpose. Hindi mo na yung meaning. And again, it's easier said. Being done, but this is the eternal truth behind that. As we celebrate Christmas, we can find meaning because there is an eternal being, the cosmic being of again, that's God who created the heavens in, and the earth, who created something out of nothing. We can find meaning in life, we can find meaning beyond the sun. Even the author of, of um, Ecclesiastes, there's nothing. Meaningless, meaningless means that everything is meaningless under the sun. But if we go beyond the sun, beyond the creation, we can find meaning and that is God. And now in flesh. And exactly to, to unpack, to unwrap in the beginning was the word. Then we need to go back to verse 14 or we need to move forward to verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwells among us and now us. What happened to us? And we have seen His glory. In the beginning was the word, and we have seen His glory. In the beginning was the word, and we have seen His glory. And this word glory is not the glory that we all understand. These are the kind of glory that we're all familiar with. When you speak of glory, you're speaking. You're thinking of something that is above the pedestal. You're thinking of someone who's elevated. We're thinking of something that is grandiose, something expensive, something extravagant. But we we think of this word glory right now, it speaks of one thing, and that is the presence of God. And the presence of God, that is the most glorious thing that we can all receive and experience. In the Old Testament, that is the word Shekinah or Shekinah. And, and God In dwells the tabernacle, that is where the glory of God dwells, in the temple and tabernacle. But moving forward, thousands of years after, Jesus dwells on earth. And that represents the glory of God. That represents God's presence. And now it gives a different meaning on how we celebrate Christmas. Now, it gives a different meaning as we go back to our, the marketplace, as we go back to our families, as we go back to our workplaces, as we take care of our business. Now, it gives a different meaning because every time you go out there and you know that you are in Christ, it means that you bear God's presence. And when we say that you are bringing God's presence with you, it means you're bringing God's glory with you. And now we can say that in everything that I do, as I take care of my employees, as I take care of my staff, as I go back to my family members, as I spend this reunion, as I forgive, as I love, as I go back to the friends or the people that you have entrusted me, God, that you have surrounded me, now I know that I bring God's presence. Now I know that I can bring God's glory. My prayer for us, and I'm preaching to myself, I'm reminding myself, as I go back as a... Go to different parties. I'm looking forward to those. I'm looking forward to spend spending time with my friends, attend some reunions. My prayer that I'll be able to represent God's presence that give Him all the glory. Not my glory, but God's glory alone. This has been the Victory Santa Rosa Podcast. To see more church updates, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Victory Santa Rosa.